Wake up, Nick. Wake the fuck up, Nick. Oh. Sorry. Nick. Dozed off. You called me. <laughs> Get in the hype back. Get in the hype back. 66 minutes after we were meant to start. Uh, did you want keep me up to... the energy microphone? Keep it. Keep, keep... I didn't know. I don't know. You, you like, is this... in. Mikey's is this... time. It's the I'm getting wondering... hype song. Yeah. Getting hype. We've got our arms up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I don't know if you do. You want me to join in? Because if you could just join, it was, it was kind of my name. fault. Yeah, it's getting hype. Getting hype. It's a sixty-minute delay, yeah, and Michael says. Andy, sorry, and it won't happen again, but it might. And it but... probably will. Yeah. See? And I I'm like sorry we... for that too. Oh, that's really All right. sweet. I think I'm we're... gonna just I'm just gonna say five sorries. Okay. Because I I'm probably gonna do at least five things that I'm need gonna need to say sorry You're for. You're gonna bank some. You're gonna deposit them in the piggy bank of apologies. You can you can deposit them because they're yours. Right, so you're giving them to me, then I have to put them in the piggy bank. Well, if I, I do something like, wrong, okay, look, I, I do something to, wrong. I don't mean listen. to stretch this out, but it feels to me like you're the one who's meant to be delivering these sorries, right? So you need to bank them yourself in your but own piggy bank. That's the point. I don't, I don't want sorries I've already, in advance. I've already got them. I've got an inf- I've got like thousands of I'm my sure own sorries. <laughs> I've got apologies to make to myself, you know, as well. <laughs> I don't think that you should be handing me, like, a coupon which says five sorries, like, tear off as you need. I think you need to stack them yourself, put them in the bank, and then you smash that piggy bank when you need to hand them out. That's just not how I operate, okay, Nick? Because (laughs) you you don't just get to walk into the room and then throw, like, gift cards in someone's face and be like, look, when you need them, cash them in. Look, it's kind of a it's kind of a fraught system anyway because I'm printing the money, the currency, <laughs> yeah. and also dishing them out so, and spending yeah. it. So the uh, inflation on your sorries is crazy. Now it takes almost four or five sorries to add up to the yeah, value yeah. of one. You're gonna have to. You're gonna you're gonna need a wheel, wheelbarrow full of Michael's sorries. Um, oh, uh, sorries. But uh, yeah, not worth anything actually. I think Finally everyone enough. everyone in my life already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not breaking any massive news today. Um, when, when I was in Philadelphia, weirdly enough, I went to the Mint. I thought, you know what I want to do? I want to see how they make this money. They make and it out of mint. They make it out of mint. It's, it's mint like a flavors. big greenhouse. Wow. Um, but you could just wander in and they let you look down on the factory floor as they, like physically make coins and stamp them and everything it was fascinating like they take these huge wheels of you know a nickel or whatever the fuck they are and it goes in like like lifted up and conveyor belts and it gets smelted together and then like you see it spinning around all these blanks and then pressed and then washed and polished and it's the same place where they make all the um like medals and stuff like purple hearts and things so you saw people polishing purple hearts and yeah it was that was fascinating so who regulates how much money you can print? Uh, in America, I'm guessing the Federal Reserve. But why? But is the Federal Reserve American? I think so. It would so, be the federal in the federal. But then how do countries owe other countries money? Because they make loans to each other. But they make the money. 
<laughs> look, I don't want to pull the thread of everything's meaningless and none of us have any possessions. <laughs> but yes, I think at a certain point, everyone's currency is weighted against everyone else's uh, in, in an imaginary way. Wasn't I thought that was our slogan for a few years anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing means anything and everything you have is pointless. The deep fought story. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was quite cool. And like they, um, apparently they used to, I don't think they do it anymore because it certainly didn't happen to me. But they said that um, there was a, a point where you'd get through this tour and at the end they'd hand you a $100 bill and then they'd force you to shred it because it was like, it was a piece of cash that they were, you know, as part of the treasury meant to be destroying. But just as a fun right. kind of tourist thing, it's like, here's a hundred bucks. Now turn it to shreds. So they did do that. Yeah, apparently. I was a little oh, bit disappointed. You didn't see it happen. Yeah, no, I didn't get to do it. But myself. what? So what? So, you, so I heard like a thing. The mint is always making money because there's always money physically that's being destroyed. So they substitute like in people broken losing and it. torn. Um, well, if they lose it, then that that doesn't matter unless someone. But finds how do they know? How so do a they bank, know right? How a physical much... bank, when they're collecting money from someone or they're stocking it in ATMs, they will go through and make sure the notes are all, you know, they have integrity and the coins aren't disfigured and you know that no one's cut them into pieces. And every note or something that's damaged or ruined will be sent back to the mint to be destroyed. And oh, so they're will... just getting it back from the banks. That's the, that's the So they're, they're basically are. doing a straight swap. Here's $100,000 worth of dodgy bills, and we'll give you $100,000 of freshly printed. And so that's so how new, mar- new money comes into circulation to replace In old my money. head, they were just guessing, like, well, we estimate that about uh, $25,000 in $5 bills gets lost under, you know, trucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tr- the truck loss industry is massive. Uh, but, yeah, it, like, they just kind of go, hmm, how about 40K today? Let's just make 40K of hundreds. That's right. out there. Just like, just mm-hmm. sprinkle it. Like they they walk out with a sack like Santa and just <laughs> confetti down the street, and you know get it into the population. Yeah, like money bags it's, uh... from a monopoly. When did they stop doing the the actual money bags with the dollar sign on it? Because that's genius. probably when it was too much of a giveaway as to what the contents were. <laughs> yeah. And if, if they were clever, in hindsight, it was only bank robbers that were doing it, which is yeah. the last thing they should have been doing. I think if they were clever, what they should have been doing is using the dollar bags for like poop disposal. So everyone that goes to steal like a bag of money from a bank, that's just the sanitary waste, and they open that up like, oh, it's full of shit. And in the meantime, they'd been disposing and shipping all of the, like, dollar bills and currency in, like, used condoms and tampon wrappers. Nice. Yeah. Used condoms. Yeah. Yeah. Or they could... or they could um, crime. They could could keep with the sack idea, because that's just a solid idea, and just (laughs) write on it, like... Bags, just just generally. Regular groceries, nothing to see here. (laughs) Milk and bread and shit. Yeah. And maybe they just have like one conspicuous baguette sticking out the top of it. So it's mostly $100 bills, but there's still like a French bread stick out the top. 
You can get one of those IKEA baguettes that's just you know, <laughs> the plastic, plastic one for display homes. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we've solved that. Problem. What if? But they're still in the stripy attire. What have you got in there? <laughs> Not money. Just a baguette and other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Are you a robber? Yes, but I only stole bread. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgot the milk. The missus uh. is going to kill me. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, there's just jingling change. Yeah. I'm guessing the robbers didn't steal change. They probably didn't bother with the change. Well, $2, you know, you could get a bag of $102. That's a decent, you know, lunch. Yeah, I guess so. My friend's worth just it been telling me. My friend's just been telling tell me you can do this thing, and she's been doing it. That she's been collecting all of her like silver change and stuff, and she you take it to the bank and you dump it in this machine, and it counts it all for you. And she's just like, after like six months, got one hundred and fifty dollars or so, and it just and it gives it to you in notes that you can use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that you could take your coins to the bank? And they'll cash them into notes for you. What a I, what a revelation! Well, that was a revelation to me. I didn't like. I, th- I thought they couldn't be fucked with that, but they got machines for it, so they don't even care. Yeah, just like, do the we'll same thing, but at the uh, Woolworths self checkout, they've got the fucking buckets. <laughs> you know, the the buckets. You just tip all your coins into that machine, and it just processes it. Yeah, to charity though. No. You Sometimes. could, oh, I know the ones you, you're talking about. The ones where you put a twenty dollars, uh, twenty cent piece in the thing, and it spins uh, around, and it really and it goes circle. around. What a lame way to entertain kids and get them to like want to give to charity. Hey, kids, speak come for yourself. This, I was fascinated with <laughs> come it. Come look at this big yellow ditch. We'll let a coin roll around it for about fifteen seconds. Well, you say that, and I did that probably for five times in a row the other day at the Woolworths. So, <laughs> so this is still holding true even into your late twenties. It's kind of like a fidget spinner. Okay, I in a way, say so operating. The yeah, brain. but it's, when it gets down to that really narrow part, like at the at the real like central bit, and it's like yeah. just around yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the good stuff. It's kind of like watching. It's like you still get a little bit of a rush. From it, like, oh, is it going to make it? Yep, and gravity. Won't it usually, begin. it usually goes in, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's not quite like a free throw at basketball. Yeah, you know, it's it's mo- probably a bit more of a sure thing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, think I've gotten that stupider. You know a lot about sports. I've gotten stupider since I since I last met you, saw you. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. Oh, gosh, it's good to be back. Sorry for the wee break, but hey, I took a holiday. And then we did other things afterwards. But for the most part, this is a thinky-talky podcast. And we just have a chat about you know, some significant issues that we want addressed. And we will fight f- until it happens. <laughs> nice. See through the internet with me. This evening, Michael Zabrak is a homer. Bonsoir. Unfortunate, Bench. and my name's Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Oh, you've moved house, Michael. Yeah, New man. backdrop. Yeah. New walls. Uh, yeah. Do you Better to... internet, theoretically. Well, yeah, we've got the NBN. They came out, well, they didn't come out. They, um, they just, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm not, I mean, Emma's been kind of looking to me at certain points to be like like she's been doing a lot of work around like trying to set up the house and there have been certain things like are you going to be maybe able to do that one thing 
because that's like kind of like maybe like a, that's like a, a thing like a, the guy role. would do. And I'm like, well, guess again, honey, because it's not happening because I can't do that either. So what are the things been... that you've had to rule out? Did you have something it's... like a drawer that was stuck in the kitchen or a loose door that you needed like rehung on the hinges? No. Um, and and um, I, I, get, I bought her flowers today just to say... Um, just to like say thank you for that, but you know what I did? It was pretty funny. Well, I thought it was funny. She didn't think it was that funny. Um, I wrote in there. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote. Gave her flowers, and then in the card, I wrote, "Dear Emma, I'm sorry. I can't do this." And <laughs> and, and uh, what a like, fucking asshole move! I left oh a few blank God. things. And then I had another card behind it saying, no, nah, jokes, thank you very much. <laughs> so just to be clear, you've moved in with your girlfriend to a new place. It's been about a week, yeah, give or take. And your thank you note was a prank. You dropped a prank thank. <laughs> TM, that is genius. <laughs> yeah. yes. What you need to do is prank crack that. open that uh, sorry's piggy bank and just... Give a couple more of those out to her. <laughs> but what uh, other things that you have done to contribute to the establishment of this house? Um, just uh, probably my the energy, like <laughs> the good. But <laughs> I brought some pretty good vibes. After um, she's um, maneuvered the sofa against one wall, you've stood there and said, "You know, the feng shui <laughs> would really be better if it was on the other side of the room." <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's been really tired from lifting all the shit, and uh, she's kind of, kind of like, kind of bringing me down with her like lack of energy. energy. So I, what I do is I sweep in, having done no work, and just lift the energy of the of the household, and that's my cross to bear, Nick. Ah, uh, well, um, she should be appreciative of your sacrifices there. I'm sure she is not. Oh, oh well. No. What have you done for the house? I did set up the internet, which has turned out to be shit internet. <laughs> um, I hung up a couple of my paintings. Okay. It's not sound like I was hoping for some big ticket items. Um, I uh, moved all the furniture in. I've unpacked no. all of our possessions. Did I've been that? cooking dinners. It. I've. No. Uh... no. I unpacked all of my books. Okay. Yep. That's good. Did you unpack any of her books? Nah. Okay. Um, oh, I got a fridge. Well, I got my friend to bring us a fridge. Uh-huh. So I got a fridge now. Cool. Do you know? Well, what, yeah, you good know thing I... you got the flowers, I guess, is my takeaway there. <laughs> yeah. And it, she doesn't like them. I can tell by her face. <laughs> Why? Because right, you got the wrong flowers. No, well, I asked her today what kind of flowers she likes. Did you do that before then... you gave them? Yeah. Oh, what you fucking blew your chance, mate. That's why I had to have the joke. So you you spoiled the fact that you were going to get her a present. And then when you did get her the present that you asked her what she'd like for, when she goes to read the card, there was a joke instead of true sentiment. Yeah. I mean... Like you can spend, don't edit me. Like you can edit me any which way, and I'll sound come out sounding like a tool. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to edit that at all. I think that was a fair <laughs> summation. Yeah. Well, okay. Look, in my like, 
look, this is the way I look at it. Sure, it might be a pain in the ass now, but when I'm dead, it's going to be like, like a kind of like a funny thing. Like, like when, <laughs> you know, when, you know, when, you know, when you kind of remember people a bit more fondly when they're dead. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, he was an asshole, but do you remember he, like, he just couldn't stop pranking, even when he shouldn't have been pranking? Like, it's going to be one of <laughs> those that's things. why you jumped into that lion cage. Rest in <laughs> it's peace. It's kind of like, you know, when you, you, you know, you do something for your kids, you're like, you know, you got you got to practice your instrument every day. You're not going to know why now, but in 10 years time, you're going to know. And it's kind of like that. Like, it's a little patronizing. Sure. But uh, I, I see it that way. Now, this will be I will be I will be looked back on as you know more comical and sweeter than it actually appears to be in the present. Well, what a sad and unfortunate indictment of your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably right. I miss you, Emma. Oh, what are we talking about this week? I have so many notes. Yeah, you came prepared. I have, oh, it's built up. Um, okay, so what's the topic? So I think we were going to settle on talking about the contrast between things that are popular and things that are critically acclaimed. Okay, well, I've got some fun stuff then. Uh, so I believe that when we first considered talking about this, it was in the wake of the Oscars adding their new category to the um, oh yeah to the Oscars. The Oscars added a new Oscar, and it's for the most popular film. And it's a little bit unclear at this stage how that's going to be decided, whether it's a public vote or whether it's still voted on by Academy members, but they just get to pick films that they look down upon for being well-received and popular. Mm. Um but in the in just on that, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about the Academy choice specifically before talking about broadly popular versus uh, critically acclaimed in all kinds of art? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so, what were your initial thoughts on that? Because you were and you were, you thought it was elitist. Yeah, I thought it was kind of condescending, basically, because. It, to me, the idea that they add a category that's kind of separate but equal, where they decide, hey, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not quite as good as one of our best pictures, but it's but it's called you know, popular good enough for the rest of the world. Is kind but of it's like this... you think it's it's kind of perceived to be like like with a wink. Like, but not to you. Like, the wink is to someone else. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to introduce this popular category for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly they're like kind right. Of brent- they're kind of brenting it, like, yeah. off camera. Yeah, totally brenting it, where they, they think that they're keeping their secret joke to themselves and within the academy, but everyone else has just been full witness to it. Look, um, I don't see it that I don't see it that way. And I, I think part of why you think that way as well is because i mean i've never been into the um superhero movies or whatever they they are and i think like that's that's your kind of that's where you yeah they're, they're the kind of movies you like right yeah i mean i do like those movies i i you know i went and enjoyed mission impossible um last weekend and i don't think there's any chance in hell that that film's gonna like win 
a Best Picture Oscar. Um, but at the same time, I think it's the one of the most functional, impressive, enjoyable, you know, light two and a half hours you can spend in a movie theater. You know, and I don't sure. think that there there should be denigration from the Academy as if to say that making something that's enjoyable and fun is less artistically meritable than like a doer gloomy you know suicide film or a uh, you know a pta film or something but i think but i think it i think it, i think that is valid though because you need i think in order for something to be uh good well in i think in order for like for something to be uh good in a certain category you you do need to split up those categories and mission in like a film like mission impossible is never gonna i mean it's never gonna be able to achieve the depth that phantom thread had or something like that because and that's what they're looking for they're looking for depth they're looking for complexity and like and there is there is definitely a place for you know kind of a more simplified but really well done action sequence but that is a, that is a, that should be a different category. I agree, but I think that there's also, uh, uh like uh, Mission Impossible was a good example of a light, frothy film which has nothing really substantial to add to a, a cultural discussion. But then I think that the lines become blurrier when you look at something like Black Panther, which yes is a superhero film, but it's also very strongly a film with a political message and a, a question for society and for culture and a statement to make about uh, appropriation of African culture and um, technology and posing the question of what happens if colonialism hadn't ruined Africa. Would it be the same kind of uh, superpower or at least advanced democracy or civilization as Europe and America is? And all those kind of questions, while still wrapping it in an entertainment, you know, superhero shell. Um, And I think that trying to create this category where it's like, yeah, lots of people went to see it as a way to kind of half nod to the merits of a, of a film like that without letting them into the club is a little bit flawed. I don't know. just, what's the club the club is the just the club of the elite the og you know. yeah yeah i can't believe it just said og um <laughs> the like original um yeah the traditional type of oscar bait film right. meryl streep in a dress crying at, about her dead daughter yeah um i don't know like i, I don't know I feel, I feel maybe i feel traditional I mean, I, 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 I wonder also as well whether, like, how much it plays into the uh, art is tragedy kind of thing. Like, in, you have to suffer to create art, right? And the way that you shouldn't be able to enjoy something or something, something that is painful or challenging or difficult is more valid as art than happiness uh-huh. is. Do you mean when you say difficult? Do you mean difficult to digest? I mean that as well, member? but also as a creator, you know, because I, I think when you look at something like the campaign for the Revenant, right? It was all 
we were in the snow for weeks on end and uh, DiCaprio really ate a raw fish and gosh, he was throwing himself around and he nearly lost a finger because of frostbite. And it's all like, oh, we tried so hard and it was so serious and it was so happy. It was a big, big art statement because it was real. And in the meantime, you know, a film like a Pixar movie will come along and just tell a beautiful story in a really elegant way. And because one is seen as serious or like real, you know, dramatic cinema and the other is like, it's for kids, it's for everyone. They're not held up or compared on the same level. So then like, would you, surely by that logic, then you'd be arguing that there should be only one category at all and no like foreign film and no animated film and like... Uh, I mean, I think that of I think there needs to be different categories because you want to recognise the various achievements of the different professions. So you want to recognise the screenwriter and the director and the actor and the costumes and all that kind of thing. So I think that splitting out makes sense. No, but that's that's a, that's that's giving it to individuals. I mean, in terms of film, they do have a best foreign film and a best animated film and yeah, uh, a best like musical slash comedy like. Are we gonna just put them all into one? Because look, this is this is my thing, Nick, and I like I I do like I'm not like just disagreeing with you yeah. for the sake of it, but um, like I think that in like just the way those populist movies are made, they if they're made with a big budget, yes, I know that they can have heart, and I've seen movies that that have big budgets that do have heart and are really good. But because there's so much money behind them, they and they have because they have to appeal to such a large, large audience that they just just by virtue of the fact they are diluted to the point where they don't really divide any kind of audience, and they are kind of you know yeah they're just, mainstream. It's kind of yeah, and I think it just like I they can have substance, but it's like not it doesn't feel like in the same way but like i guess maybe that is elitist thinking as well i guess the flip side is is the question of does this mean that all the quote-unquote real oscar noms all the best pictures you know with the period pieces and the dramas and the nuns are they never then expected to be seen by many people or uh to be enjoyable or to cross over in any way, you know, if your if your standards are this needs to be challenging, low budget, high high, you know, character stakes and um, nuanced performances and artistry without saleable um, without a saleable pitch, you know, like no no one was looking around being like, oh, we're gonna um, watch the story of a um, uh, like a clothing designer who's struggling with his personal and romantic entanglements um, as he strives to make great suits. That's not a a pitch that people were going to go and watch. So are we meant to just, in the same way, do those best picture noms a disservice and say, well, you're never going to be popular or culturally relevant. But within our little clique of Academy, we recognize, hey, you did a pretty good job. 
<laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way to put it because it's kind of like like high school in a way if you think it's like um like you, the kind of stereotypical um popular popular kids that don't have like maybe they're good looking but they don't have the brains and then the <laughs> the um if you think about like the artsy movies they're like they got the brains but maybe not the look so they're not that popular yeah um yeah uh let, let's like why don't we like f- like transfer to a different platform for this discussion and see if it applies to that as well. Because Are you suggesting that we launch a musical and we just get people out to view our show? And I do, a, I throw like a 40 minute set, maybe putting my argument out in five to six, you know, ballads and a showstopper. And then you come afterwards and do your, you know, 35, 40 minutes of, I'm guessing, solid raps. And we just see what the audience agrees with better um that is a hundred percent not what i was suggesting um i was just suggesting that we like let's try and apply this logic or discussion to another art discipline and see if it works there like if does it does it how does this apply to can it apply it be applied to music it's interesting because what are the big music awards? It's basically the Grammys, right? But the Grammys, I don't think, in the industry, are I mean, held, the Grammys are held with any yeah, regard, they're, right? They're they're studio bought publicity machine, right? Well, then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's funny. Um, that's true. Yeah, it's funny because, like, yeah, I never thought about that, but the Oscars are kind of. They are a kind of elitist in the sense that, like, they are driven by art. Well, not necessarily art house, which I guess would be the same. Yeah, but they're not really. It's not really art house. Would you Would you describe um, No Country for Old Men as art house? Kind of is. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like compared to what? Like fifty first day. Just ask yourself the question: Would the Palace Nova play this? And if the answer is yes, then that's an art house film. (laughs) The um, Cinema Nova that we go to here in Melbourne, they're doing this funny thing where they they don't, if they've got like a, there's, so they had, what, what was I going to see? Um, it was the John Krasinski one with Emily Blunt. Oh, uh, Quiet Place. Quiet Place. So they, they waited, they're waiting now, they're doing this thing called catch-up sessions at right. Nova. They're waiting for the initial run of popular movies and oh, then bringing them finish. back. Right, that's and then bringing bringing them back and like on like the student nights they are packing it out, yeah, um, and just like giving them a couple of screens. They're doing it the same with like was it was there a Captain America recently or something like that? uh, Avengers, yeah, Avengers, uh, and has Black Panther already come out? Yeah, yeah, Um, I think they did that with those two as well. That's really quite clever. Because that would be just around the time as well that it's starting to come out on DVD and stuff. So people are getting their, that little bit of promotional marketing campaign from people being like, pick it up on demand. And yeah. then if you go to do that and you see, hey, it's actually still showing in a cinema. Yeah. Or but maybe they... you miss the buzz and it's like, oh, yeah, that won the Oscar. Or, oh, yeah, that uh, everyone kept talking about that. But I, I, it just wasn't showing where I was looking. 
But they yeah. get to they get to retain their their kind of their steez as well. Yeah. Why am I? T- have I been hanging around with teenagers? Like, why am I talking? No, because like teenagers this? don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't they? You've been hanging I'm around with teenagers from like 15 years ago. <laughs> hey, someone pass me my Blackberry, Blackberry, so I can SMS my boyfriend. <laughs> Did you say my Blackberry? I don't know what they say, Nick. Let me just go back to movies moment. Well, we're back on movies now anyway. Um, yeah. But in what is the most enjoyable Oscar nom picture that you've seen that, that you would say is like commercially viable? Uh, because obviously we enjoy a film like, you know, Phantom Thread, but I don't think that's... I, I think you're enjoying it on the art level. You're not really enjoying it like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a killing two hours with your buddies. Um, well, three billboards outside of Epic Missouri was pretty. Was that tangible to everyone? I don't know. I don't know. My my bar is. I don't know where my bar is. Like you my bar is differently. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's more along the lines of like Little Miss Sunshine. That was a crossover hit. Um, that that's just a it? fun. Yeah. That's a fun light movie that. Who directed that plaudits. again? Sorry? Who directed that again? Oh, I can't remember. Is it, was it a it was, pair of people? I think it was I a think pair. It's, it's going to haunt me. I think it's a female director that's done some other stuff. Because she went on to do Sunshine Cleaning and... Uh, was that her as well? Yeah. Oh, you might be right. Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Farris. Yeah, there you go. Battle of the Sexes, Little Miss Sunshine, Ruby Sparks. Oh, yeah, Ruby Sparks, remember that. There you go. Yeah, I watched that the other day, actually. It didn't watch. Holds up. Um, Anyway. But yeah, so, I mean, obviously things like Titanic won a bunch of Oscars. Return of the King won a bunch of Oscars. Um, They were both gigantic hits, but they were also popular. And if you're trying to say that that What was the other one you said, sorry? Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Did that win Best Picture? Yeah, it yeah, won Best fucked. Picture. Yeah, I don't know if Titanic won Best Picture. I think it did. Um, yeah, I think it did. But yeah, it was, um, you know, a gigantic international hit, but also recognized as um, an Oscar-worthy film, you know. And even uh, Dark Knight got nominated for Best Picture and Heath Ledger won posthumously and that kind of stuff. There has been instances where big hits have crossed over. In the end, they'd never seem to get that past that final hurdle. I think because right. of what you're talking about, but um, it seems to me that you should leave that opportunity open for those films to have a stab at stab at the real title, rather than being like, "Oh, all these other ones get to live in a different category." I mean, you could you could see it that way, but like, what do you think the the directors of these type of films think? Like, are they what you, what they're essentially doing is just opening up? I mean. You still get to say at the end of the day, Oscar winner, blah blah blah. So, and, and that's that's what you get. Like people don't necessarily remember the category. I don't think. Like, and I think what they're doing is just opening up new spots. Like, if I was a director of one of these films, or even, you know, I would, I would, I'd, I'd be pretty happy about it. Mm. And I think you would be too. They're just opening True. up, like they're just opening up another. Well, it way depends in. on, I suppose, whether or not you can be doubled up. Can you be nominated for the best popular and still get in the running for best picture? It does have implications, yeah, for 
I mean, it in t- like it's not just like the um, af- offensive um, for the populist category. It's the defensive of the uh, best picture category as well. Did yeah. that make sense at all? Um, I mean, active and in, in, active and passive. That's what I meant. Well, and also think about the tactics, right? Because don't, maybe this is just for things like the Emmys, but I know for the Emmys shows and actors and directors and everything, they have to submit their work into a category. So someone like Alison Brie will submit for supporting actor in a comedy, right? Right. Even if theoretically she's the lead because there's a little bit of strategy like, okay, who are the leads in this role? Is Julia Louis-Dreyfus just going to win for Veep again? I've got no chance. Maybe I should say I'm a supporting actor and get in there. Interesting. So I'm not sure if that's also what happens with the Academy or whether the Academy just gets a list of everyone and every film and you just tick the box for the one you want. But if they then had to play this game where it's like, okay, I've made... uh, titanic say and it's the biggest film of all time do i nom myself as a best picture or do i try and get into the best popular film um but they don't have the best odds of actually sweeping but yeah is the point you're making that they don't make that decision i'm not sure with the academy whether studios submit oh. themselves no, because remember when ricky gervais ho- hosted the globes and the martian was put in the comedy category yeah yeah and everyone was having a giant laugh about that yeah and i think the hilarious. golden globes is much more like loosey-goosey that's that's basically the grammys of the movie award <laughs> yeah yeah of film and tv <clears throat> yeah um yeah so yeah, that's interesting like i did i do think that the, the the Academy does take themselves seriously. Probably, well, I don't, you know, I was about to say they take themselves too seriously, but they probably don't because, I mean, you kind of need a bit, you want prestige as well. Like, you can make fun of them, you know, for taking themselves too seriously, but, like, a bit of that does come with a bit more prestige, I think. But they, that it's also interesting because they've been the gatekeepers to success for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, they've recently tried to actively open up their membership so it is a bit more diverse because it had been traditionally a bunch of old white dudes in their 50s and 60s who got into the academy 40 years ago and haven't been doing anything since. And a whole bunch of different people, um, you know, who are making interesting films now weren't members. So that's why I think it had that certain taste. And it's just interesting to see now and I, I'm not sure that this change was based on the Academy members or whether it just was this top-level decision that they made. But I'd be very interested to see how the um, the changing demographics of filmmakers going forward <laughs> affects the kind of films that get nominated in the various categories. Yeah, you'd think that there was a, a, a bit of the ment- their mentality would have been that look we have to do something because everything's changing so fast these days that we're gonna have to do something to try and uh, you know anticipate or at least adapt in some way and it just needs to be a change in some direction and you know i think that's I, i can't remember i think it was like 2015 or whatever but they actively decided against their normal 
admission to academy rules that they were going to invite 1500 people basically who deserved it but hadn't been offered or included to that point and i think that was kind of a one-off let's put our thumb on the scale a little bit and get them into the club and then those people can then start to expand going forward Um, who were they who were those people Oh, you know, just uh, overlooked minorities. So women, people of colour, all that um, kind of jazz who just hadn't been eligible to vote or have a say in what the most prestigious awards in their industry were going to. It was like affirmative action. Yeah. What's that face? No, I think we should stop that there because, um, you know, yeah, but that's I going mean, to be a different. Going to be a haven't different you still discussion. seen good films be nominated in these past three years? Like it hasn't seemed to cause any of your favourites to miss out, has it? No, but um, de- no, definitely not. And I think Get Out has been one of the best films that I've seen, and it was basically targeting, basically, you know, targeting aggressively that old white man demographic um <laughs> it's true actually yeah uh i i mean it, it felt like with la la land and moonlight that i mean and with it with the clusterfuck that that was with the announcement maybe that added to it a little bit but it did that did feel like i mean it, i saw moonlight thought it was good didn't think it i mean i i mean it just it just felt like it just the whole thing felt stunk of kind of let's, you know, just give it, it felt weak to give it to them in a way. Sure. Um, because, I, and I know that I, like <clears throat> La La Land was just, was it like an ode to Hollywood filled with white actors, not a black, da- black actor in sight. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, that's not what they were trying to be against Moonlight. That's what they appeared to be, but that's not what they yeah. were. Um, and it was unfortunate. It wasn't a them. statement. It was just. It wasn't a statement. Genre. It was just like what yeah. what it was. Um, against Moonlight, it was kind of you could see it's a black and white contrast. It's kind of funny, um, yeah. like having them two up up against each other. Like, but like I mean, La La Land was an incredible film, um, and it just felt it just felt off. It just felt like nah, like this is not like this spills forced it felt forced that's what i was trying to say um and that's that's yeah but it's it's like a self-inflicted forced i mean no one was forced to vote for it it was more it was more like people saw an opportunity to make a statement yeah and well it wasn't like because because by the nature of being a vote right like yeah it's not like there's top-down pressure from the academy being like right guys uh make sure you vote for this one I think that people just saw it as an opportunity to be like, yeah, let's um, let's shake this up. Well, that gets into the other thing, which we and actually not to not to not to completely cut you off because I also I liked Moonlight, but I didn't love Moonlight. I think Love Simon is a better film, and you should all go see it. I still but, haven't seen um, that yet. You can yeah, I um, it's on yeah, it's on my radar. Um, but uh, so like I'm not. I'm not solely in in camp, camp moonlight, um, so to speak. Um, Racist. <laughs> yes, 
the uh oh shit now i've lost my train of thought um fart buckets uh i don't remember i think i was basically saying that um no whatever who cares <laughs> she was just trying to get it back by saying, uh, in yeah, summary, I, hoping... I uh, <laughs> I, no, I don't even it have the summary. It was a little bit transparent, <laughs> but I was hoping that if I just said the same sentence again, my brain would realize, hey, just get back to what you're talking about. Yeah. You got a few hairs on your chest there, Nick. Yeah, boy. Yeah, you just call me boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, we should probably move on. Yes. Uh, so to sum up, Moonlight <laughs> was not as good as everyone said. I just realised that this this um, podcast is basically just like creating cold cases uh, for topics <laughs> <laughs> because we choose a topic that we've decided on We're like let's let's ch- tackle this topic we never solve it so we just create <laughs> another cold case this yeah we just be... make a file put it on the shelf and never come back to it hopefully in 20 years time another dynamic good-looking <laughs> podcast yeah. duo will our, come, our come out and try and unsolve it. along and open up our open questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rocket. Um, I just wanted to say a couple of things. Just uh, Do it. So Emma's got this theory that celebrities are hotter in real life than they are on screen. Doesn't that depend on the person? Well, her theory is that they're always, when you see them, they're always surrounded by other people who are equally as hot. So if you, she, she thinks oh, that if you see screen, them in real life, right? Yeah, so if you screen, see them in real life, movie star. Yeah, and, and if you see them in, in real reality, life, you're just like standing next to regular schmoes. Uh, this was above. this was put this discussion was put with a supporting quote which was so outrageous that I wrote it down <laughs> and it was this okay <laughs> this, is, this 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 discussion led to this quote from Emma okay if Jason Bateman was in this room right now I'd fucking lose my shit <laughs> <laughs> Jason Bateman Jason Bateman he, I mean he's not unhandsome. Yeah, but, like... I mean, we have discussed previously, Emma has some interesting celebrity crushes. Has she? David Schwimmer. Oh, yes! David Schwimmer. She she got so defensive about that as well. (laughs) Yeah, David Schwimmer, Jason Bateman. Like, I'm not, like... The more active celebrities she's listing off, the worse I feel about my own <laughs> self-image. <laughs> You're like, oh, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the big three: Jason Bateman, yeah. David Schwimmer, and you know what? That kid from Stranger Things. I love the idea of just some teenage girl in the room with a big poster of Jason Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> No, what, he genuinely was. Wasn't he a teenage heartthrob? 
Well, he, oh, was, he was. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Like some TV show, right? He was in Family uh, but, Business. I don't know. But like, just the Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was probably not. Not so much a discussion. Well, I just point. don't know just how to add. Ridiculous like, theory that I heard. Yeah. Uh, well. Well. Uh, have you? You've seen Donald Glover in real life. Was he more attractive in person or on screen? Uh, he was surrounded. He had that big dick energy. He. Do you say big guy energy? Big dick energy. <laughs> Oh, you okay? I tried to give you a way out. And you no, it's a, it. it's a, it's again. This is why you need to hang out with more teenagers. This is a, a term common to the social discussion that you are you clearly know what? just not my, up with. You BDE. My pedophile friends keep saying that to me, and I'm just not listening. Move. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, how much down the lifts? How much time do we have? We're at about an hour. Oh, can I piss? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to listen. All right. Put Emma on. Um, do you want to have a quick chat with Nick? Let's speak into the mic. Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello Governor. Hello, I don't know why I immediately lady. went to an offensive UK accent the moment that I saw you, but I apologise. I don't even sound like that. I agree. That's why I was apologising. <laughs> That's okay. I'll forgive you. I've also been giving Michael a lot of shit for his poor behaviour in the way that he has helped move into this house. Sounds like you've done all the work and he hasn't done anything. So uh, I have told him that he needs to do better than ask you what kind of flowers to get and then get you a joke flower with a stupid card. Unbelievable. (laughs) Um, Do you know what the card said? He told me, but I would like to hear it with your tear-felt true heart on display. Well, I don't have it to hand. Um, That's okay. Go some, go from some... what your what your gut memory of it was. Okay. Well, Speak the first the, li- the first line was, "I don't think I can do this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dot. That are jokes. Yeah. And, and then something about being vacant. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just just an underwhelming first impression, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks for all yeah. your hard work. I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's fine. I'm used right. to it. Yeah. Did you want to do a segment I'd like to call the <laughs> with Emma? I'll bleep all of those words in it so no one will be <laughs> identifiable. And I, and I won't put your address up in this podcast. Oh, yeah. Also, don't do that. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to the... Great to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. Oh, I'm so delighted. Um, We've had a question here from a a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, They want to know, how do I show thanks to my girlfriend for all the work that she's done moving house this week um, in a way that comes across as sincere and heartfelt? Um, Don't ask on a podcast. (laughs) Just come up with it yourself. Yeah, don't don't crowdsource the way to show your affections. Yeah, just show them somehow. Yeah. I know they're in there somewhere. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much for being with us here on the... What? 
Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. What are you drinking? Is that a is that a burnt rosé? I'm drinking a natural wine, so it's got a little bit of colour on because they left it skins on it. Oh, clever. Yeah, but it's pretty nice. So I'm just I'm just building a shelf in the other room. You're building a shelf <laughs> from scratch. No, it's not from scratch. It's from Kmart. What shelf? Well, I'll show you the shelf in a second. Do you want? What kind of shelf is it? It's a TV unit. I'm now looking at the space and I'm a bit confused if it's going to fit or not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my levels of respect for you just continue to increase. You built the shelf up. I will podcast Yeah, I've been banished to my quarters. We've we've sat here fucking around with internet connections and podcasting for two hours. We're not even finished. This is still going to go another half hour. In the meantime, you're in the other room with like a (laughs) a Allen wrench assembling furniture. Yep. Brilliant. Well, someone's got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I wish you all the best of luck. Um. Mike, your um, fellow podcaster is actually having a cigarette at the moment. Oh, fuck's sake. Oh, he says he's coming back. Oh, well, I fucking hope so. Typical Michael. Lovely to speak to you, Nick. Likewise. Always a pleasure. Did you guys talk about boys? We talked about a boys. <laughs> David Schwimmer. <laughs> David Schwimmer. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, I don't like him! <laughs> Oh, That's we've hilarious. got some good, helpful Shit. advice, which I'll just sniff out and send to you as an audio file. <laughs> just keep that one on hand for any future dilemmas. Let's get into this. Yeah. Uh, let's keep this yeah, sorry. turd rolling. So, uh, how? what time is it there? <laughs> oh, God. It's 10.06. Oh, Nick. Sorry. Apologies. Um... Kanye West. Uh-huh. Why is it for... Hey, like... So I don't understand the backlash to Kanye West. Because everything that he says... I've been watching his interviews and... And, and uh, like, his interview on Jimmy Kimmel recently. And I just think he's, he's talking, like... He's talking the truth. Like, I think Which he's... Which part? The I, part I, that I, black people should have done more to get themselves out of slavery? Is that what he said? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a part... This is tricky territory, obviously, but there is a... I think that's... I think the soundbite does not... uh, Does not... Aptly... Articulate the point that he's making. I don't think, think that he is educated enough to be making a good point. And I, I th- also think that neither well, Nick, of us... Nick, we, yeah, exactly. Like, we, we do a podcast. Like, it's like... No, but no, I mean, like, us. there have been much more uh, intelligent responses t- and criticisms of his stuff by uh, uh, ta Coates and there was a guy in the TMZ interview who stood up and basically uh, rebutted with great... Uh, eloquence and fire the uh, statements that Kanye had made and, and so I'm not going to try and and come in and, and and dissemble against his his positions but well 
I'm I glad that TMZ has found some eloquence. I just don't think that. Uh, I I don't feel like he is in touch with reality. I think he's this- got the same kind of like politician, celebrity, Trumpian bubble where he's convinced himself that the way that he experiences and thinks about lives is true for the rest of the world. I disagree. Um, I think he is obviously in his own bubble. Once you are you ordering a pizza, you're ordering some fucking naan bread, aren't, aren't you? Right I'm, now? Not, I'm not doing anything. Are you, are you masturbating? Because that's like you're either I'm ordering a pizza with, or I'm masturbating with the cord. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're either ordering a pizza or masturbating. Which has it? <laughs> it's the big two. <laughs> um, he's kind of. I think his big thing was. Um, what I took away from his recent interviews has been that people told him that he, as a black man, can't be pro-Trump. And so I think part of his personality is part of his shtick is that, like, I'm just going to do what the opposite of what people think I'm going to do, which is pro- probably, like, something that, like, I have, like, like a in a, in a shrunk-down version kind of probably do and like oh uh, i'm always subconsciously wanting to do the opposite of what people think that i that i'm gonna do but or... i don't think kanye's position is just contrarianism i don't think he was like pro-trump just to be like provocative i think it was pro-trump because he agreed with or believed in some of the shit that he was saying but that's okay it's it's totally okay, it's okay for people okay to have for... different political views, but I don't think you should paint it as some like grand artistic statement. I, I think that if you if you just agree with people with different political views, uh, sorry, if you just agree with people with different political views to the mainstream, then you deserve to be criticized in the same way that anyone that holds those political beliefs or platforms is criticized. You know what I hate more than anything is What's when I, 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 I have, like, a view that I feel like I've been, like, working on. Because like, I work on my views. Um, and then I, like, talk to you about it. And then you say, like, one thing. And then I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and, then I, and then I realize, like, it just kind of puts everything, like, like settles the dust immediately and then I realize that I am probably off the mark and then I'm just like like I really thought I really thought that was that was going to be something <laughs> well I don't know whether to be flattered or insulted but um look I I I honestly don't know or pay enough attention to Kanye I saw the headlines about the shit he was saying and I didn't <laughs> wade into it any further but yeah I, I think my position is if you're supporting trump for whatever business or i don't know migration or tax related purposes then you ought to be criticized in the same way as everyone else um yeah <clears throat> i i yeah i mean and obviously he is going to be criticized in the same way as a, and and higher than and to a higher degree than and intensity than everyone else, but I do, I do think he does have a valid point. Um, 
in terms of he should be at he like the reaction from um left hollywood is going to be like a knee jerk one and they're always going to have like he's he's it's going to be like a career suicide to come out and and say i mean i mean that's a state well, i think, I think reaction... that is an artistic statement in itself like to if, if everyone's saying that you I mean you're a rapper you're a black rapper you um you kind of you are idolized and adored by a lot of young men and a lot of and a lot of different communities i think it is in a way an artistic statement to be to go completely against that even if it's for the not for political reasons or um ethical reasons i'm just hearing my words back to me it's not good (laughs) i just i just don't know if it's an artistic statement is is holding a political view that's contrary to expectations and artistic statement i don't know yeah i think you have to be intentionally doing that and i'm not convinced that kanye is intentionally choosing that as an artistic thing i suspect and like the criticism that i've seen of him is based around the fact that donald trump is clearly a racist you know he did the central park five thing where he demonized uh black innocent um people and that was 20 years ago, and he hasn't got any less racist since then. So I think... Do you think when... he's actually racist, though? Like, Absolutely. So do, do, do racist people think that they're racist? No, probably they not. Ne- they, never, they, don't, they never do. So like, well, actually, is, some people probably do. What is do. racism? I, I think if, if you get as far as the Ku Klux Klan, you're probably aware that you think your race is better than others. <laughs> yeah, but you're justifying it. So you're like, yeah, maybe... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's biological. Like their logic is... people like... are better, yeah. Yeah, but, but like that's I mean, still that's still racism. Not... Like I think they're still sure. aware at that point. But like there, there is a problem where the you know you'll be labeled. You know the left, the left is trigger happy when it comes to labeling people. You know they'll say, um, you know they'll call people Nazis or neo Nazis when they when they're not actually neo Nazis. <laughs> it depends what we're talking about. <laughs> it depends who we're talking about, but that but it, it there is a little bit of that creeping in that uh the like the that the left is kind of trigger happy i like look i think i'm kind of probably trigger happy myself i really want to poke holes in i'm just i really want to poke holes in kind of lefty kind of thinking and you know maybe it's not as well thought out as i thought it was i don't think there's anything wrong with necessarily applying it skeptic's eye or like trying to be objective in um passing the statements or beliefs or you know uh, reactions of people in this kind of political climate um but you know if you're self-analyzing to the point where you're saying i'm not sure if i'm doing this quote-unquote in good faith or whether it's just fun to have the argument then maybe it's worth considering yeah, it's always fun to have the argument, isn't it? Fuck, I wish... I need to stop bringing this shit up with you. Because you talk... <laughs> like, I really wish I was just talking to Alex Jones, to be honest. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, did you have, do, you have, do you have something that you wanted to... Yeah, should we do a um a quickie science news, eh? Yes, please! Play the jingle! Play the jingle! It's that time. 
time for science news. Hydrogen, Jupiter, hoverboard. Oh, some good grooves. Now, let me bring up this article because I find this fascinating. So, in Cosmos Magazine, biology section, the headline, Humans are giving many other species cancer. A meta-analysis finds enough to classify Homo sapiens as oncogenic species, i.e. we are causing cancer uh, because we modify the environment in such a way, uh, we are basically literally a cancer on the planet. Wow. Cancer in- incidence in humans is on the rise. People are linking that with changes in diet and lifestyle and pollutants. But also, human activity is causing many wildlife species to also experience dangers in changes in diet and habitat. And so now, in wild animals... There's a clear association between human activity and cancer risk. So uh, we're polluting the world, we're changing their diet and their habitat, and now all these animals are dying. So we are oncogenic. Wow. We're literally a disease on the earth. So that's some real nice uplifting (laughs) science (laughs) from the fucking uh, Cosmos magazine there. Any, uh, Any solutions? Um, we just stop existing, and then the world goes back to normal. I'm a lateral thinker, Nick. You know that, okay? Um, what I'm thinking, oh, just right off the bat, yeah, I'm just, just spitballing, I'm just brainstorming, I'm, I'm just spitbraining. Yeah. Um, make signs for monkeys uh-huh. that say, beware of humans. That is a great <laughs> idea. That is a great yeah. idea. And also, but in the monkey language, in yeah, the monkey, monkey language. language. Yeah, yeah. That they can read and understand. Yeah, so we teach them kind of like a simplified English yeah. and then write them some signs which says... Yeah. So that we just bring we bring a couple of chimps into the lab, spend maybe yeah. 6, 12, 18 months really you know, bonding with them, getting across some basic English until we're yeah. pretty confident they know what they're doing. And then, say like a Tuesday morning, 10 a.m., bring them in, come into the lab, hey, high five, good to see you. High five of, a monkey. You get yes. a high five a monkey. Of course, yeah. Pre, pre-test. Oh, yeah. No, this is... They've passed the test. That's why they got the high five. So then we're settled. Okay. We're like, yeah, we know how to chat to you. Slide a piece of paper across the desk. Beware like of it. me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like and it. it's like you, you've, you've really kind of... That's, yeah. the, that's the third act plot twist that really kicks off the whole Planet of the Apes situation. I dig it massively. I, 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 I massively dig this campaign to end violence against monkeys yeah, via monkey humans. <laughs> via humans. You know what? We teach them. Hashtag end all monkey cancer. Let's get this trending. Let's start start a little bit of a campaign here. Make sure that Can we, we leave some positive. End all monkey cancer. Yeah. yeah. Done. I think people will be sympathetic to that. I think we should start that off by titling this episode hashtag end all monkey cancer. <laughs> Gosh, I and... certainly am tempted. <laughs> and if you don't, Nick, you uh-huh. 
I'm just going to have to out you out as not not a supporter of this campaign. <laughs> well, listeners will be able to check the podcast title right now to confirm whether or not I support monkey cancer. <laughs> oh, good times. I've missed this. Oh, me uh, what, too. E- what episode is this? Oh, 98. What, what episode? 98. 98. Yeah, getting close. I'm getting excited for episode 100. Yeah. Tiny, tiny teaser. Yeah. Been working on something for so long that I've lost all sense whether it's worthwhile or funny. <laughs> you have? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. So, no. little pre teaser. So, let's, let's get to 100, eh? Consider myself teased. Yeah. Consider myself. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you to consider Go myself. Consider yourself. <laughs> Teased. Uh, <laughs> you gotta slide. You gotta slide. Yeah. Uh, Teased. If, if you've if you've if you've yeah. enjoyed this episode of the podcast experience, then uh, great news. Just uh, two more till you can hit the old big old one hundred. And if you want to fill in time before September when that happens, then go back to deepfort.podbean.com and listen to some of the previous ones. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes. And you can send us your questions. In fact, maybe we we put the call out there for a wee bit of mailbag uh, because, you know, we've got our hundreds coming up. You know, it'd be nice to hear from some of our fan. Uh, deepfort <laughs> at gmail.com. Facebook.com forward slash deepfort, Twitter.com slash deepfort. And uh, just get in touch, you know. The big one's coming up there. Tell us what you want. Tell us what's happening. Tell us who you are. Um, I've got a good closer for this. Oh, here we go. All right. So, new new segment. Um, oh, quick gosh. one. New segment. But I've, been working on, I've been working on characters. Okay. To close every deepfort episode. Jeez. And so, um, what I'm going to give you is a pick of three. Okay. Wait. Just there's a lot of pressure. Emma, Emma. Emma. She's building a shelf. Oh yeah. Very ready. Um. So I'll give you a list <laughs> you, of three. Sorry, sorry. Just so I pick up on that joke. Did you just go? Better be ready. By the time I'm done. <laughs> um. Okay, I'll give you a list of three characters I've been working on, and just okay. a quick, and you can choose one of them. Okay, and only one, Nick, you oh, greedy okay. yep. boy. All this <laughs> okay. set up. Yep, continue. No. All right. So, first one: Indian guy, Big Mac. Oh, okay. Um, teenage girl news anchor, and chicken yamaka bro. <laughs> okay, I think given our. Your clear proficiency with the teenage lifestyles. How can I pass up the opportunity for you to show us with your OG skills, the teenage news reporter? Okay. All right. Well, here goes. So it's actually, yeah, two points. Okay. Teenage girl news anchor. And back to you, Tara. Oh, back to you. <sighs> so good. So good. <laughs> I like that 
your first reaction after deadly silence is to just affirm to yourself <laughs> the success of your it. own skit. Absolutely nailed it. Um, I just nailed to that. Be honest. Hey Nick. Hey Nick. <laughs> did you hear that? Because I nailed it. That was a ten out of ten. Um, also, I haven't done impression of the week in ages, yeah. and my George Clooney, like, has it's been like it got really good, uh-huh. and because You've we haven't it done it, uh, it's like so I'm gonna need it's to plateaued. practice. But my George Clooney has been spot on. But also, next time, please ask about Indian guy. Big no, Mac. I think that's the one that I'm never going to ask. It just feels well, very risky. No, particularly after fucking Mathilda last week. I think I'm going to give this a wide berth <laughs> for wait, uh, quite wait, a while. Can, can I ask you a serious question? Is uh, it, is it, is it just inherently offensive just to try to if you just try to do any accent? Is it just inherently you can't do it? Because if I if I did an Italian accent, you wouldn't be that offended. But if I try to do an Indian accent like this, because it, I I can actually do quite well, Nicholas. Like like I can actually do a pretty. All I'm trying to do is just copy the sound. Like it's not offensive just to copy the sound that I'm hearing. That's not offensive. It's offensive if I'm doing it to belittle uh, certain minorities. That's offensive. But just to cop, try and copy the sound, that's not offensive. If I if I try to do, like, an American, like, am Syrupian... Or, wait, you know what I've been working on as well? Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This is Michelle Wolf. Mm, like that. So I've been wait, working which on one were you doing, Sarah or Michelle Wolf? I was doing Michelle Wolf doing her um, White House right. dinner. Okay. Sarah Huckabee Sanders... Um, yeah, there's more to that, but I okay, forgot. I don't, I'm not quite seeing it. Yeah, well, it's um, matter. I think... Anyway, is it just offensive just to attempt an accent? Because, you know, I don't agree with those terms. I think that it's not... I don't think it's merely a case of... I don't think it happens in a vacuum, basically. So I think you need to look at the Apu situation and the fact that maybe once upon a time there wasn't cultural um, indignation about that kind of thing, but over you know, a generation of kids growing up and being mocked for an accent or a look like Apu that was being repeatedly, um, well, consistently performed by a white guy. Um, And now there's been Indian comics coming out and speaking against it and questioning why that is still the case. Um, So I, I think it very much depends on context. And if you're jumping into that fray, uh, without consideration of that, then maybe it's worth considering. I have considered that. And also, I'm part Sri Lankan, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> well, anyone can do whatever they want. That's the whole benefits of free speech. It just doesn't mean you're free from criticism. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to accept any criticism, but I, I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. This is going to be a re- real fucking downer ending of the podcast now. <laughs> Where do I cut? Do I cut at the bit before you start doing the Indian accent or do I leave it all the way through to the bit yeah, you where you just say... You haven't heard the impression. Where you're just here, you say, Dude, I can do so whatever good. the fuck I want. This is the best character This is the sassiest, like, I'm going to do with whatever the fuck I want. <laughs>
It's literally the best character I've ever created. Oh gosh. And that's saying something because I've because <laughs> we just heard teenage news anchor. Back oh to God. you, Sarah. <laughs> oh, back to yeah.